Well, I wish every message could be bluebells and roses surrounding lilies. <laughs> but sometimes a little vinegar is what's needed. Oh, my precious family, heart dwellers, please, please, don't ever be afraid to be wrong. Prepare yourself for trials when you come to serve the Lord. What kind of trials? The very worst, what I call annihilation of self, trials. Trials that cause you to almost cease to be, except for a thin strand of grace holding your sanity together. I've been broken this way on two different times that I can remember, and it was always when I thought I was more spiritual than those around me. When I thought that my relationship with Jesus was airtight and no demons could deceive me, and it was always when I was flying high with him, experiencing extraordinary things and being promised extraordinary graces, So let's get down to business here. This is a very important message for discerning truth from error. Let me begin by explaining to you how the prophetic flows in me. It's a matter of infused knowledge most of the time. For instance, the Lord will say, I want to speak with you. This will cause me to turn worship off and come to my computer to write. Next, he'll give me a sentence that introduces the subject, something simple like, I do not cause condemnation but conviction, and then he'll begin the message. And when he does begin the message, it just flows through me like a river. Sometimes I'll halt midstream and he'll give me new words, but for the most part, the whole thing just flows out of me until it's over. Now, these kinds of messages are very easy to receive because there's no personal attachment element to the message. Whereas if he were to say, I know you need another computer, and let's say I have a desire for another computer, (laughs) then I must be especially careful not to make the words go my way just to justify what I want. Another instance of that, is let's say I have an issue with someone, such as jealousy, and I'm not dealt with this. It's twisting my thinking. In a circumstance such as this, if I do not deal with this unclean thought, this seed, an open door, and demon that came with it, it may begin to speak to me over the Lord's voice. And because I want to hear something bad or evil about that person I'm jealous of, The Lord will allow that voice to be heard above His, unless I recognize immediately what I'm doing. And I stop, repent, ask forgiveness, and He kicks the demon out, cleans the slime left behind, and closes the door to that demon's buddies. This is the number one rule of discernment. If you are attached to the issue have something to lose or gain emotionally or in any other way with this issue, and you have a strong bent to be justified, you are ripe for deception. It's very easy. That's why I don't trust myself with these issues. I go to my covering and he advises me. 
If I sit before the Lord repenting from the heart with great sincerity for offending him by jealousy, he will very often run to my rescue, wipe every tear from my eye and forgive me. Then the conversation can resume, and it most likely will be the Lord, because I no longer have jealousy. I've been healed. Let me try an illustration here. Imagine three streams converging into one river. Let's say this river is your mind and its thinking processes, your consciousness. And the two streams to the left are Satan and his demons and the voice of the world trying to influence you. And the tributary to the right, the stream is Jesus. Since you've chosen to go deeper with the Lord, you'll struggle to shut the water gate on the two left streams. You will be tried and tested in that area again and again until you know yourself so well that you rarely let anything from the left get into your head. You will know when those waters are seeping in because the fruit will begin to be foul thinking, retaliatory, or indulging in things that you know are distractions and extravagances. You will feel disturbed by an undefinable unrest when thoughts from the left enter your consciousness. There are also times when we're overstressed and tired and don't take the proper time to discern, but listen to others without first checking with the Lord. This can happen especially if we have an attachment to the group we are discerning with. We'll be less likely to disagree because we want to stay in favor. This is another area we have to watch very carefully and not be attached. In which case, suggestions from the left can also enter in through other people. This is what happened to me a couple of weeks ago. The Lord revealed that my right-hand helper had been stealing from him, and I was to lovingly confront this person with irrefutable evidence, which I did. They, of course, denied it, but later in email let it slip. I promised never to do anything to disappoint you again. That was a confession that something was done. Then the same person changed passwords, wiped out our bookkeeping records, cleaned out our computers, shut down our Amazon account, and made life impossible for us every single day by locking us out of every account, even our utilities and emails, so nothing could be changed without extraordinary time-consuming effort. And some things were never recovered. It actually worked out quite well because we were able to offer all these inconveniences for Trump. So, (laughs) sacrifices were needed during that time, and of all the different sacrifices we could make, I think that was probably the easiest of them. At the same time, a special section of our discernment team began to see this same person in the spirit with voodoo dolls and other instruments of torture being sent against us. I did not take this to the Lord for proper discernment because I was overwhelmed with other issues shutting down around me. I just assumed they were right. That was my first error. But I did find it strange that all of a sudden our other enemies 
were doing nothing and this was the only person doing it. So now the logic is offered, well, uh, this person is being used by those other forces that were tormenting us before. Now they're channeling everything to this person. Well, that doesn't really hold water because they don't need that other person to channel their wickedness through. They're well able to do it on their own. And in fact, it's better if show a screen that makes that person who's innocent guilty. So then we can fall into false accusation and open a great big door. So that really doesn't work to explain why our enemies aren't attacking us anymore. So I failed to properly discern. And when the Lord gave me a message on this, he allowed a familiar spirit from the left stream of consciousness to infect my thinking with a lie. And I pass that on to you. So if you can get a clear picture of this, the mainstream, my consciousness, had been compromised by not checking with the Lord about these accusations. After all, they made sense. And because of that, the water gate to the left streams from a familiar spirit was allowed to flow through, while at the same time the Lord was speaking to me from the right, which is his living waters. So the two got mixed up, and I falsely accused this person, while at the same time saying many things that sounded just like the Lord, and were in fact the Lord. But let me tell you, an impersonating spirit, a look-alike, sound-alike Jesus, is impossible to discern without God's grace. And there are times he withholds that grace, because we are in sin and presumption. In this case, falsely accusing a person and failing to check it through him. This is why I tell you, if you're a coward, do not pursue a prophetic calling. You're going to be wrong. It's going to hurt big time. It will scandalize others. And it will cause you to lose face with the community. So my enemies will jump up and down now and say, See, she's a false prophet. She even admits it. No, I'm not a false prophet. I'm an imperfect sinner saved by grace, doing my best to share with you what Jesus shares with me. And that means sometimes I will fail and make a mistake. And this is one of those times. So please forgive me. The upside to all of us is that we all increase our prayers for this person. So rather than hatred, we sowed love. And there has got to be good fruit down the line from at least that. Okay, returning to my error. I was lazy and did not fully discern. But my husband caught it. He told me, Honey, I have a real check in my spirit about accusing them of witchcraft, and the Lord is confirming to me that they are not the ones behind these attacks. Well, why didn't I get that before? because he was sick in bed for that week while this was going on. But when he came out of it, he voiced his concerns. When he told me that, my stomach fell to my knees, and I went to the Lord. Sure enough, Jesus confirmed over and over again that they were not the ones behind the witchcraft. We had all been duped. So now I had to approach our discernment team with this. And it did not go well. Satan struck a dividing blow to the most central part of my support team. 
One of the viewpoints expressed was, but I saw this person doing voodoo over and over again. We both saw them. And the other member of the team said the very same. So how could we be wrong? Besides that, look at all the messages where the Lord himself said that that person was involved in the witchcraft. Well, let me explain it this way. One day I met a young lady in the grocery store covered with abalone shell jewelry from head to toe. She said she was a Christian, but asked me about reincarnation because she met a guy she believed she'd known in a previous lifetime. They both claimed that they saw each other in their past lives in the spirit, together. Does that prove reincarnation is real? Certainly not. It only proves they both saw the same thing, if they're discerning that properly. Does that mean it happened? Well, I think it's safe to assume that the moving picture happened for both of them. But who was doing the projection? Who was behind the projector in the theater of their minds? Obviously, it was not truth or God. So the only other source could have been that it was their own mind or the devil's. Well, I have enough faith in my team to know they probably did not invent. Well, I have enough faith in my team to know they probably did not invent that even by the power of suggestion. I believe Satan or his agent was operating that projector that played the scene of an innocent person performing voodoo against us. But the effects of the voodoo were real. Of course they were. And the guilty parties used an innocent victim to cover their identity and to open a demonic door on the intercessors, a door of false accusation against a brother. That, in turn, gave the enemy license to come in and sift the intercessors as they had never been sifted before. And that's exactly what happened. The demons flocked in and attacked them viciously and are still attacking because the door got open and the enemy succeeded in causing division between us because we've not agreed on the source. Good shot, Satan. But it's not over yet. God always turns evil to good. The embarrassment behind making an error of this sort is monumental. And once more it calls into question, what else in our lives or in their intercession was also false? This is too painful for some to confront. Just too painful. If we are operating in the spirit on the level we only dream and hope for, and we make an error, it throws all our experiences into question. It threatens our very sanity. But Jesus is Lord even of our sanity. And we cannot permit an error into our lives, people. We cannot value experience, status, and prowess above truth, ever. And if we love him with our whole hearts, we will eventually be willing to at least consider that we might have been wrong about some things. And here's something I want to interject. It's rare that you're wrong about everything. There may have been many exceptional experiences that were real and a couple that weren't. 
But that doesn't mean you discredit all of them. It's gravel and peas. You have to separate them and see which is the truth. And that is very tedious and takes time. This begs the question, how do I know I am not wrong? Well, that's a good question. I can answer from experience. Whenever my husband is firmly convicted that something is wrong and it is confirmed to me through the Bible promises, through communion readings, even through new books such as the Rhema, through Rhema's on the website, when it's confirmed over and over again, if I do not listen, I end up crashing and burning. And let me tell you, Crashing and burning is much more painful than admitting I've made a mistake. You see, God cannot use you in any rising prophetic and influential ministry if you're not willing to be broken and submit to truth before the whole world. He can use you to some degree, but not to the extent he had in mind when he began to work with you. Why? Because you will sow error and cause division wherever you go. And you'll be consumed by the demons. They'll eat you for lunch because of the doors you've opened by error and presumption. There are masquerading Jesus demons whose main mission is to cause a person with great prophetic promise and healing gifts to become an independent, unteachable spirit. And the Lord has to keep them at a lower level until they're able to see that they're misled. In other words, the demon convinces the victims that they're always right and everyone else is beneath them and wrong. They play on our need to be right, our pride and our self-righteousness. And if we don't strangle that demon to death, they'll control us for the rest of our lives. And good counsel sent by God, will be rejected over and over again. And these prophetic people will be untouchable by any amount of reasoning, no matter how anointed, because they have an airtight relationship with Jesus, and Jesus can't be wrong. Of course, Jesus is never wrong, but not every spirit looking like, sounding like, and acting like Jesus is him. So don't be discouraged here, heart dwellers. By your fruit, you will know yourself. You may have to wait and see. Many times these souls, and I can speak for them because I've been one, many times these souls have the most honorable and loving intentions. There's only one flaw. They are unteachable, and they do not listen. They insist they're right while at the same time presenting a very humble demeanor. But they go their own way, and it leaves a trail of disorder. By their fruits you will know them. That is why the Lord waited 40 years before he gave me this ministry. I was one of those souls. Well, the worst fallout from these situations is a divided community, hurt feelings, wanting to give up and quit, Because what if none of it was the Lord? No, 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 don't go that way. You're playing into Satan's hands if you go that route. You have a choice. Die to yourself or die to the ministry God wanted to give you 
and just go on being an everyday Christian, dreaming that someday you'll be used by God in those prophetic circles. That's not much of a choice if you ask me. So I'm leaving you with all of this. I was wrong. Please forgive me for misleading you. And pray for us that we can all be in agreement. Because how can two walk together if they do not agree or trust one another? We need our faith and trust in hearing the Lord to be restored to each member of this team. We need to confess that Jesus is Lord of our discernment. And he has mandated that brothers dwell together in unity so he can pour the anointing over them. So at this point, I kind of ran out things to say, and I said, Lord, I've done my best here. Is there anything you wish to add? And Jesus began to speak. Do not be afraid of being wrong. Everybody is wrong once in a while. It's not a disgrace to be wrong. It is a disgrace to persist in ignorance and arrogance. Yet for some of you, my darling bride, there are still great lessons in pride and its effects on you to be learned. Claire, you are not free from pride, but I still love you. I still work with you. I still speak through you. What you are is willing to be proven wrong. And for me, that is an indispensable quality. My children, you stand before men with many facades. You stand before me without any facades, naked. I know when you stand and when you fall. I've numbered every hair on your head. Should you not then open your hearts to the wisdom of those I have sent to guide you? No man is an island in the kingdom of God. No man stands without faults in the kingdom of God. Every man ordained into an extended ministry in time accumulates a support system ordained by me to withstand the onslaughts of the enemy. But the one onslaught that is most dangerous is division, and the prime instigators of this are pride, jealousy, and fear. These have very subtle, fine-tuned circuits of behavior in every soul that can be set off by just the right circumstances. And none of you are free from this influence. Therefore, pay close attention to your hearts and do not allow the enemy to score a victory in undermining any ministry I have made you a part of. There are three ways to go with these situations. A church split or a church healing or a church sending forth and birthing new ministries. By the way, that's something I really believe in. I really believe in sending forth new ministries. But a sending forth, he continues, does not happen by ugly dissensions, arguments, and disagreements. It happens by recognizing valid new ministries emerging. This is not the case here. This is the typical way the enemy splits a group of believers, splits and divides my body and brings a ministry down. Have nothing to do with that. Everyone loses. 
I have come that you may have life more abundantly with great peace and brotherly love. And I hate those who divide and separate brothers. Know yourselves better than the enemy knows you, and this will not happen. I do honor mothers and fathers of ministries. And if they should go astray or err in discernment, I will bring them back to the truth. Pray for them, but do not undermine them. If they are leaders seeking only the truth, then pray and allow me to correct them, and they will be corrected. If they are not leaders seeking only the truth, have nothing to do with them. I am a God of peace and order. I build up and I tear down. Therefore hearken to my voice and stand before me in abject humility, knowing that you are my children and I adore you, and no weapon formed against you from the outside will prosper unless you allow it to from the inside. I'm protecting you, dear ones. I'm calling for a new commitment to truth, unity, and holiness in your midst so that the enemy will not overcome you. Therefore, be vigilant, be charitable, be patient, and be wrong when necessary. No weapon from the outside will then succeed.